Welcome to Watersheds, what for this month is going to be renamed Bobcast, which will become apparent why in a minute. I have to come clean up front. I'm a diehard Bob Dylan fan. That doesn't mean to say I'm not uncritical. I've been through the lows, the woeful film Hearts of Fire, and one particular live performance in the hazy 1980s, where the whole show stopped for Dylan to say, maybe one day I'll get myself a proper band. Oops. Critical reappraisal is still in play, with Todd Haynes forthcoming I'm Not There, a portrait of Dylan, or rather a portrait of an idea of Dylan, from several oblique angles. It first happened to me circa 1975 as an ill 12-year-old. Off school and knocking about the house, I pulled out a copy of Dylan's more greatest hits and put on Just Like Tom Thumb Blues, probably for the title, which sounded intriguing. When you're lost in the rain in Juarez and it's Easter time too, and your gravity fails and negativity don't pull you through, don't put on any airs when you're down on Rumorg Avenue, they got some hungry women there and they really make a mess out of you. Whether it was the exotic sounding Juarez, the failing of gravity or the hungry women, I've yet to work out, but the images cascaded and I was hooked into the world of Bob Dylan, aka Robert Allen Zimmerman a.k.a. Blind Boy Grunt, a.k.a. Jack Frost, a.k.a. Kate Blanchett, or was that Heath Ledger? Now all the authorities, they just stand around and boast how they blackmailed the sergeant at arms into leaving his post and picking up Angel who just arrived here from the coast who looked so fine at first but left looking just like a ghost. I was dabbling at reading Serpico at the time. It had just been adapted into a film with Al Pacino and covered real-life experience of cop Frank Serpico and corruption in the New York police force. Isn't that what Bob was singing about, the blackmailed sergeant-at-arms? Also on television in the UK in the mid-1970s was a great detective series, The Rockford Files, who had a weaselly but lovable crook called Angel. Seemed to my young imagination that that was the very angel Dylan sang about, being left looking just like a ghost. This is the thing about Dylan's songs, they flow in and out of reality, even if it's a fictional reality. They also, at their finest, shift narrative perspectives and play with potential autobiography. At the start of the epic Brownsville Girl, he is reminiscing about seeing a movie starring Gregory Peck, who was shot in the back by a young kid. By the end of the song, the singer may well be the kid that did the shooting. In simple twist of fate, they sat together in the park. The evening sky grew dark. The third-person narration becomes more intimate and personal by the final verse. I still believe she was my twin, but I lost the ring. She was born in spring, but I was born too late. Blamed it on a simple twist of fate. The shifting perspectives is enhanced by fantastic storytelling which hints at the lives of the characters. She looked at him and he felt a spark tingle to his bones. T'was then he felt alone and wished that he'd gone straight and watched out for a simple twist of fate. What had he done that he wished he'd gone straight for? Why, even Dylan's most famous song, Like a Rolling Stone, begins with the all-time classic story intro, Once Upon a Time, in a land far, far away. There is also a rich vein of the cinematic, allusions and influences in his storytelling. Word has it that if you watch the Maltese Falcon, or is it the Big Sleep, you have the basis of most of Dylan's songs. 
Brownsville Girl or Simple Twist of Fate themselves could easily be scenario for films. Indeed, other word has it that Oliver Stone wanted to make a film of the Dylan song Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. And so the prospect of Todd Haynes' forthcoming I'm Not There is, well for me, mouthwatering. It seems to me the great achievement of Haynes is precisely to avoid any standard biopic approach, the life of a great artiste triumphing over life's hazards and temptations, to explore the idea of Dylan through several characters. The shifting narrative perspective, character and persona also chime with the aesthetic of Dylan's writing. As an aside, I find it amusing the story that Dylan may well have spent, or be spending, time under the multiple personality anonymity of the web, contributing provocation, misinformation and debate on various Dylan-related websites. We will never know. For me, Todd Haynes, along with his contemporary Gus Van Sant, are two of the most interesting American directors. Their careers follow similar trajectories. They came out of the new queer cinema of the 1980s. Van Sant's 1985 Malanocci brought him to the attention of a wider audience. Haynes' 1987 The Karen Carpenter Story, told using Barbie dolls, was a cult and controversial success. Haynes then went on to make Poison based on the writings of French writer Jean Genet. Since then they have both evolved fascinating bodies of work, both moving in and out of the mainstream. Van Sant made Goodwill Hunting, Haynes made the wonderful Far From Heaven, an homage to the glorious melodramas of Douglas Sirk. Both are fascinated by fame and its effects. Van Sant's To Die For is a savage portrait of the power of media and seductions of fame, and to my mind features Nicole Kidman's finest performance. Haynes' Velvet Goldmine about a fictional glam rocker, who might be modelled on David Bowie, was heavily criticised at the time, but for me was Haynes cutting his teeth on experimental narrative and preparation for I'm Not There. Both have worked with young, relatively new talent drawing out great performances. Van Sant with Keanu Reeves in River Phoenix in My Own Private Idaho. Haynes with Julianne Moore in the woefully underrated Safe. They both make films which explore and question the state of things in their home country. The aforementioned Safe is a subtle, coruscating portrait of the decline of, well, American civilization as embodied in the character of Moore. Van Sant's Elephant is again a powerful meditation on the terminal implications of a disenfranchised youth culture. Van Sant again explores this theme in his new film Paranoid Park that follows the implications of a sudden violent action in the life of a young skateboarder. Van Sant uses the elliptical technique developed to such great effect in Elephant and before you know it, you're looping back on the story, seeing it from multiple perspectives. Finally, Paranoid Park was filmed by the great cinematographer Chris Doyle, who established his unique, fluid, sensual style in films of Chinese director Wong Kar Wai. There are some scenes in Paranoid Park where you're sure you're floating alongside the skateboarders. I'm Not There opens at Watershed on the 21st of December. Paranoid Park opens at Watershed on the 28th of December. For more information, see watershed.co.uk. That's all for this month, but just remember... Don't follow leaders and watch those damn parking meters.